Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome to your weekly edition of the Cardscast. Plenty to get through today, but we're going to start right off with basketball. I am Cardinal Authority senior writer Michael McCamma, joined by publisher Jody Demling. Jody, yeah, it, it's always big when when the when the Cardinals and the Cats meet. They did so on the hardwood on Saturday afternoon, and it was a thriller. Um, like um, for a few moments there in the second half, the Louisville might pull, away, but you know it, it came right down to the to the last uh, last seconds really. But the Cardinals pick up that big, huge 62-59 win, improved to six and one overall, drop Kentucky to one and six overall. But the, most importantly, gets them a win in the rivalry and keeps that momentum pushing forward for this group of uh, Cardinals. Yeah, and and quite honestly, Michael, not to not to be the the Debbie Downer or anything, <laughs> a, a win is a win. But after I went back and watched the game a second time. It was pretty ho hum from Louisville. I mean, I I kind of thought that the, during the game, but man, I mean, had they played like they have in a couple other games, I think they win that game by, you know, I think they win that game by double digits if they if they had that chance to, to do it again. Now, I'm not going to complain, and 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 you don't you know you don't take a win back. A win is a win uh, against anybody, and especially when it's your rivals. Uh, when it's your rival, it's a, it's a it's a great one, and I'm I'm. I'm excited to see a couple of things now moving forward. They get a few days off. This team needs a couple of days off right now. Um, yeah. Not not that you know. I know they had the pause and I know they had all that, but this was a this was a trying to rush to get back to get ready to go, getting whipped by Wisconsin when Carleek still wasn't able to play, and then and then getting beat uh, or get beating beating Pittsburgh. Um, and, but, but just having a, not a Christmas and all that, they need, they need a couple days. They take, they take Sunday and they take Monday and they'll take Tuesday off. It's mandatory by the NCAA. This is their Christmas. You have to take three days off at some point around Christmas. So this is a uh, mandatory and then they'll get back and, uh, and it's, it, I, I'm pumped. I'm pumped to see how they improve from here on out, because quite honestly, some of the mistakes that they're making are very minor mundane kind of why in the world are you making those mistakes? And then when you think about it, Oh yeah, these guys are young. There's no, uh, there's nobody in this class or there's nobody on this team. Uh, you know, that had scored a point in a Kentucky game last year. Cause I think, am I right? David played one minute, you know, I think Malik did, That's but Malik's minute. not in the game. You know, David played one minute last year, Sam played some, but didn't, you know, so so th- there are there are issues there that but I think that they can fix them and and that's what excites me more about this team than anything because I think Charles Minlin will be back if he's not back um on Saturday against Boston College which I, I think he could be back that on on Saturday he's very close um if he's not available for that then I for sure believe he will be available for that January, uh, the January 6th game um, against Virginia Tech. So that would be nice to have him. Yeah, I agree. You know, and I, I know I'll obviously a lot of people got excited when they saw Minlin out there warming up or, or saw the social media informing that 
that uh, that he was on the floor and, and warming up with the teammates, which obviously, as you pointed out, is a, a great sign that he's getting really close. Like you, I, I kind of anticipate that we'll probably see him on Saturday. Obviously, Chris Mack would like to get him in the in the lineup as soon as he can, but clearly don't want to rush it. And we talked about earlier on, on in the year, you know, on the cards cast, on the message boards, and elsewhere, uh, you know how. With these injuries, really could you know in the long run be of benefit for this such a young Cardinal team. I mean, they're getting they're getting some quality experience and some big games. Um, you know, and, and as you pointed out, I mean, in their last two games against Pittsburgh and Kentucky, I mean, stepping on the out of bounds lines when you really you, you should know better. Um, uh-huh. Know where you are on the floor a little bit better, and those are the type of the mistakes that are you you would think are going to dissipate as as they gain that that valuable experience. You know, David Johnson continues to. To pick up his game, he was ACC Player of the Week uh, for his performances last week. First career double double against Pitt, and and you know a, a pretty solid effort against Kentucky. Obviously, co MVP with, with Carlick Jones there, and and really you know there's been some knock on him early you know last year and even early in this season about you know he needs to improve his outside shooting. Well, it was his outside shooting that really got Louisville off and running in the game. I mean, he hit three early three pointers in the first half, in the first portions of the first half, really. Um, so you, you like to see that for, from David as well. Obviously, you get Josh Nickelberry back, and it's nice to see him stick a couple threes in, in his two appearances so far. And I think he's just going to slowly get better. And, and Jody, I think one of the better signs that I saw, hopefully is a sign moving forward, is what we saw from Quinn against yeah. Kentucky. You know, here's a guy that has been struggling from the outside. He you know, showed he's got, you know, threw up the air ball, but after that, didn't really let it bother him. You know, he comes out and start and, and stuck a three from the, you know, I love that three from the corner. You know, he, he talked about trying to emulate his game, uh, you know, from Dwayne Sutton, and we saw him diving on the floor and, and making some hustle plays as well. So I think that's a really positive sign for the Cardinals moving forward well, as they now get into this ACC schedule. Look, Quinn Sosinski this year is a guy that if you can, if you can get 12 to 15 minutes out of him, it will be quality and, and, and it, most likely will be quality minutes. See, now, I, I, he's still a guy that's a young guy. He's still huh? progressing. He's still advancing his game. If you have to play more than that, you know, if you have to play him 25, 30 minutes a game, then then you're probably not going to get good Quinn. You're going to get good Quinn if you play him anywhere between 10 and 15 and 18 minutes a game because he's going to be rest. He, he's going to be relaxed. He's not going to be pressing. And I like I like the fact that, that they're going to be able to do that more when you get Menlin back. And eventually when you get Malik back, you can put some of these other guys, a, you can put some pressure on these other guys and say, Hey, you've got to continue to keep improving because there's other guys that are going to take your spot. The other thing is you can get them the breaks that they need. These guys aren't used to it. You know, Jalen's playing, you know, a, a, a position that he probably doesn't necessarily need to be playing, but he's doing a pretty good job of it and he's improving and getting better. Yeah. You know, Dre Dre's kind of the same way. And I think Sam has just been pressing uh, a little the last couple games and, Hopefully, um, you know, Sam will 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 get rid of that kind of pressing attitude or mentality or whatever uh, and just let the game kind of come to him. I think when you look at, at, at this team right now, David and Carleek are at a high level. They're playing like we thought that they would play. We said all along Carleek Jones is going to be the best player on the team. He was the best player on the floor for the most part the other day in a game that had four guys that were ranked in the top, 
you know, 50 or whatever of college basketball, uh, the preseason rankings by a lot of the a lot of the national pundits or whatever. Carleek was the best player on the floor uh, for most of that game. And David wasn't too far behind. Um, but but going back to what this team needs to do, you're right. They need to eliminate some of the crazy mistakes. And, you know, it, it, look, Dre Davis, what did he do? He, he, he ran a baseline. It was it was Jalen and Dre a very nice, well-executed play that looks like it was going to be for an easy layup, and he mm-hmm. steps on the out-of-bounds line. And come back down in a couple plays later, and Jalen, he gets the ball. What is, happens there? He walks. It, just little things like that, that A, it's a good thing Coach Mack doesn't have hair because it would be turning gray with this team, but, but B, it's going to get better as the season goes on. Yeah, I mean, these are all learning moments, and to, to have these moments – you know, with the exception of Wisconsin, but to have these type of moments, you know, and come out with a W, especially in this last one with the win over your big rival uh, in a series that really Louisville needed to pick up a W in. I mean, that's that's those are huge pluses for this team. I mean, it's, you know, boosting their confidence and, and you know, game, big time game experience is hard to come by. And when you can get it you know, in a situation like that, uh, Coach Mack, you know, has got to love it. Um, and I think we'll see the, the positives continue to grow. And, you know, and as you mentioned, and- get back on the court against Boston College on Saturday. And look, we know Louisville has dominated the baseball series against Kentucky. Yeah. But think about this, and that's why I think this game was so big more than anything, just to get a win and get out of there with a the win. But think about, am I am I right, Michael, the last time that Louisville beat Kentucky in basketball or football before Saturday, Lamar Jackson was still at Louisville. Am I correct? That's right, right? Yeah, 2016. Yeah, 2016. So the last time they had beaten Kentucky in anything, it was 2016. They needed that just to get a little mojo back. You get that, you get a big recruiting win over them on the same night a little bit later. Um, you know, it, it's it's a um, it's a it's a program win, and I know uh, you know, hey, it, Kentucky's one in six. And I hate to tell them, but they got a lot of work to do to even make it into uh, the tournament. Um, we can say that now that the game is over. Uh, I thought that going in, but I really saw it on Saturday. They're they're terrible from outside. Um, they they just they they just cannot shoot. The one one of those was like a scud missile, and then the other one missed so far. I was up in section 116 and was it was afraid it was going to hit me when the way it was coming flying at us but they've got a lot of work to do not that louisville doesn't and not that louisville needs to pound i mean it, it, hey it's a win in a rivalry game you pound your chest you get excited you do that but you move on and you and you know what you 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 get better you try to get better as you move on uh and the fans obviously can have uh, can have a lot of fun with it so uh uh boston college is next you get a few days off a few days of practice and then head to Boston College. And then um, you've got a run of Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, Wake Forest, and at Miami, at Wake Forest and at Miami, uh, before Florida State, Duke, and Boston College, three games at home. So over the course of the next uh, over the course of the next five games, three of them are on the road. And if Louisville could somehow in those five games get to ten and two, I think Everybody and in their brother would be like ten and two without Malik Williams, without Charles Menlin for a good portion of that schedule uh, would be would be really really kind of crazy to think about. Uh, and again, it's a lot to get to, 
but uh, at Miami is not going to be easy. Chris likes uh, has been out for them, but I think he's back now. Um, Georgia tech and Virginia tech here, Virginia tech's ranked in the top 25. You know, Boston college is not great. Wake forest is decimated by has been decimated by COVID. So there are issues there. Uh, but if somehow Louisville could get to 10 and two um, after 12 games, which would put them, um, you know, going into that three game home stretch, against Florida State, Duke and and, uh, and Boston College that would have that would set them up pretty good for the uh, for the for the last month and a half of the season. Yeah, certainly it, it would be sitting pretty when you got those two those especially that Florida State Duke back-to-back games at the KFC Yum Center. Um, and I like Louisville's chances coming up on, on this road stretch. You know, we we mentioned Charles Midland, I think having him into the lineup for the first time uh, would be a huge boost. Um, and and really, Jody, I think you kind of have to, uh, not kind of, I think you do have to tip your hat to the job that Chris Mack and his staff have done. I mean, the, the preseason before all the injuries were, were announced, I mean, expectations were pretty high. I mean, there were some people talking about Louisville potentially being a dark horse Final Four team. Um, and then all of a sudden the injury bugs just hit one after another after another, including the Samuel Williams since, what, since the season has started. But with the exception of, you know, uh, facing a really talented and inexperienced Wisconsin team coming off that huge 18-day uh, pause, I mean, they've done a pretty solid job, you know, with kind of a patchwork lineup, a bunch of youngsters. So um, I, I love the experience that they're getting. Um, you know, they're, again, they're, they're winning. They're, they're learning valuable experiences um, in primarily winning outcomes. Um, and it's you know, that's that's the way you want your season to go. So I do yeah. like this stretch coming up again. They do. Three of them are on the road. Uh, but I think all out of all five of them, I think, you know, those are games that they could, you know, come out with the, out with the victory. But uh, obviously none of them are going to be a pushover either. So they've got a, yep. a tough road ahead, but but uh, all p- potentially winnable games. Yep. And then the women are back on the floor. Thank goodness. Yep. It seems like it's been a month. Well, it has almost been a month. December the 9th is when they last played. They will play on January 1st at noon. Uh, at home against North Carolina, that will leave them with games against Florida State and Miami left in uh, in the season. Um, Florida State and Miami, they had to cancel uh, games. It, it, it's Michael. It's it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I, I think today will be their first full practice, uh, from what I understand. It'll be interesting to see <clears throat> just how they. Uh, just what they do, you know, Duke has canceled yeah. the rest of their season. So they lost that game and, uh, and Louisville, they played Louisville last and Louisville beat them, uh, you know, pretty, pretty handily. Um, when you lose one team in the ACC, you're just going to have to schedule, schedule and reschedule. And they're going to have to figure out ways to get games in here and there and, and everywhere. Uh, but I'm kind of excited to see how they'll jump back on, uh, on top of, uh, uh, Jeff Walls will jump back in and, and, and how they'll get these young ladies, you know, ready for this game against a very good North Carolina team, a North Carolina team that's already played nine games on the season. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's difficult as we saw from the men's team to come back from such a lengthy pause. And we, we've seen it elsewhere. I think one thing that does work in Jeff Walls's favor is just how deep and talented this roster is. So as they do start to resume practice again, and again, they're not going to have much practice time before they take the the, the floor against the, the Tar Heels on Friday. Uh, but it's such a talented roster. I mean, when when you know, go working, you're talking about some of the best working against some of the best, um, and that should you know hopefully you know get you closer and you know to game ready 
than if you know if you were just working against some of the you know some you know, walk on talent and things like that. So um, again, though, no matter what your roster is like, it's certainly a challenge. Um, I imagine Jeff Walls is you know pulling his hair on how should we approach this and, and things like that. So uh, like you, I'm excited to see them get back on the floor and and see how they handle it. I mean, because then they got a pretty quick turnaround again uh, to where they got to travel to Virginia. So um, look, excited to get them back on the floor. As you mentioned, it's been nearly a month. Um, it was difficult to, you know, for the men to do it. I imagine it's going to be quite a challenge for the women to do it as well. Yeah, they will play Friday at noon and then Sunday at noon. Uh, Friday, North Carolina, Sunday, Virginia, and then Thursday, Pittsburgh uh, at home, Sunday at Florida State. So uh, they come fast and furious for them now as they'll try to get two games a week. Um, you know, and from what I understand, the uh, the ACC is going to use the Duke, um, the Duke schedule as kind of like times for teams to, to get a couple games you know, in so I, I didn't look at the Duke schedule, but Duke, whenever Duke was supposed to play Florida State and Miami, I would imagine that you will see the U of L women now take over uh, that that part of the schedule. Um, they were as again they've canceled the entire the, the entire season. So February seventh, they were supposed to play Miami um, and Louisville. I think it's, it, I think if I'm mistaken. No, they're not off that weekend. So and I, I don't know. I don't know how they'll, they'll figure it out some way, somehow yeah, uh, they'll figure to, out yeah. and, and make up some games uh, because they want to try to get everybody as many games as possible. And remember, Louisville's one of the teams that played Duke. So everybody's going to be at least one game off moving forward. If you if you hadn't played Duke, Louisville was scheduled to play Duke on Thursday and that weird back to back thing. I, Coach Walls was right. We said it before. He, they should have just played a doubleheader when they were there before. Heck, for some reason, yeah, cool. somehow they they all got COVID anyway <laughs> out of that game. They were both <laughs> put on pause, um, and the uh, Duke student athletes just decided. I think they voted on uh, on canceling the season. So uh, they should have just played two uh, when they were there that weekend, and they could have gotten it. Everybody wants to get the thirteen. That's the point. Get the thirteen games, and then you're eligible for the NCAA tournament. And if you get there. Um, then uh, then you can take a deep breath once you get there uh, and and have those 13 games under your belt, because quite honestly, you just don't know. You don't you it's out of your control. So that's what makes it a little more difficult since the last time we saw the U of a women. Nia Green has transferred. So the depth is still there. Not quite what it was, uh, you know, 10 players deep, but uh, uh, now just nine, Michael, as uh, as they try to move forward. So, yeah. all right. Uh, some football news. Brian Hudson, I think, is just a monster get for Louisville. I had a chance to chat with him uh, uh, finally today. You can catch my interview with him uh, on on uh, CardinalAuthority.com. Good kid. I remember talking to him. He's, you know, a kid that I've watched since he was a sophomore. Actually, I saw him, I think late his freshman year of high school, but saw him as a sophomore and a junior uh, back then they Scott County would scrimmage uh, Trinity. And so they came here a couple of years and actually got to see him live and in person and was really always impressed with him. Thought he was, you know, a lot of kids, uh, a lot of, a lot of in-state Kentucky kids um, because the competition's not great. They get their rankings, off of camps and, and workouts and things like that. Brian wasn't one of those kids. He was a good camp guy. Wasn't the, you know, wasn't like the 
top of the line workout guy. He wasn't terrible, but wasn't like like the you know off the charts like some kids. But he actually did it on the field, and I I, I I'm one where I want to see it before I believe it on the field, and that's why I get higher on certain kids than I do on other kids because if I see it in person and I don't see it, then I don't see it, you know. And uh, um, Brian is a kid that I did from the beginning saw that he was going to be really good. Very nice kid too. Great family. Uh, both his sisters are uh, involved at the track t- with the track team at Louisville. One is a, a, a six-year senior and is, is a thrower and a very good thrower uh, on, on the team. And the other one is a senior about to graduate uh, this next year. And she's part of the team, doesn't participate, but is, is, is part of uh, the track team. And he'll do that as well. Um, he's one of the better. Uh, he's got a state record in the shot put or discus. I can't remember. Shot put. State record in the shot put. Won the discus in the shot put. And uh, I would think he'd be one of the, you know, one of the top, you know, five or six guys in the ACC this coming spring, uh, to be quite honest with uh, with what he can do uh, in in the throws. So an exciting addition for this team. And it's one that, you know, while you never know that it's going to work out, it's one that I kind of got the sense that it was going to work out once I heard um, that he was going to put his name in the portal. Yeah, we were pretty high on him uh, real early, and it, it turned out to be fruition. I know there was some panic uh, early, you know, a few days ago, maybe a week or so ago, um, you know, when I guess some folks who cover the team to the east in Lexington kind of hinted that the that UK was in, in great position to get him. Uh, but but Louisville, you know, in communication with him early, as soon as he decided to, to enter that portal. Um, and then, you know, stuck with them and, and has, you know, did multiple Zoom calls with them. And as you point out, an absolute great get uh, for Louisville. I mean, this is a kid that comes with tons of experience, ACC experience, can play multiple positions, is willing to play multiple positions. And coming out of high school, you know, you know he was a member of the top 247. I mean, this is a, a legit, you know, top national type prospect. And when you, when you toss in that he's already, you know, logged, what, 12 starts in the ACC. I mean, it, it's you know, with three years of experience remaining, that's that's hard to beat. I mean, Jody, yeah. you, you can't you can't find much better quality uh, talent than than that right there. I mean, that, that that beats a grad transfer in my opinion, just because of the time he still has left. And obviously, you know, the experience on the ACC level beats a, an elite level high school kid as well. So uh, just one commitment, you know, uh, such like that, and Dwayne Ledford's, you know, smile has to get bigger and bigger, you know, knowing what he could potentially do on the offensive line. But you know. Brian considered Cincinnati, Kentucky, Louisville, and a few others once he announced his transfer. But in the end, it was uh, with the University of Louisville, and it looked like it was at the beginning, and that's how it finished as well. So yeah, uh, and know, I think always, you know, I, I think always you have to take some things with a you know with a grain of salt. I mean these these kids are um, the the you know these kids a, a, a lot of times when kids go into the transfer portal, for example, I'll use the Western Kentucky kid, Tyler Witt, very good uh, offensive lineman, very, very good offensive lineman. I, I mean, he went, he went into the transfer portal and, um, and, and, and he's a kid that I was like right away, like, okay, he's, he's going to go to Purdue. That's just my, you know, he, these kids know that, you know, when they go into the portal for the most part, they've got, a few schools that they really are in on and, uh, and they, they kind of know <clears throat> a lot of times they kind of know where they want to go, especially linemen because linemen are um, you, you, you know, the very good ones 
you, you need those. You know, what I mean, they're not. Yeah. It's not easy to get a guy who can play all the all five positions on the uh, on the offensive line. So you, you kind of need those. So uh, I, I was excited when he went in because I thought Louisville had a chance with his family connection here. Um, you know, and, and I know that uh, it's you know it's now going to be easy for mom to, uh, uh, to to see all three of her kids. You know, right here on the same campus, and uh, in and it'll be fun. Um, it'll be fun for them. Um, to, you know, moving forward um, to the, as a family to be able to participate in the same track team as well as a sister. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know, it's little things like that. And, uh, and, and, and I'm excited for him. He'll be a very nice addition. Robbie Bell's coming back. That's a good addition that we kind of didn't expect. Veteran, uh, a leader, one of the good guys in the locker room as far as everything that goes the you know the little things that you need uh so that was big news and i still think you know there's two spots left in this class um i still think they'll they'll get two kids they'll try to get two kids before um you know january the 11th which is coming up pretty soon um yeah. that's when guys will be here early enroll guys will be here uh that's when uh, brian hudson will get here and uh, i think they'll still try to get one more offensive lineman and one more and a quarterback um, in in this recruiting cycle. They don't have to do that. They can always bring someone in. Um, you know, you want them to be here for spring ball. But if it's if it's not the right people, you don't want to you don't want to take that. You know what I mean? You, 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 you just don't get a body. You, yeah, exactly. 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 So um, I, it'll be. Uh, it'll be interesting. I, I, I say offensive lineman. It could end up being something else, but you know, there's a couple guys out there um, that, that I've heard could go into the to portal. And I think if one of those guys goes into the portal, I definitely think that they would, uh, uh, that they would take a shot with one of them. Um, they're, they're, you know, if you can get another veteran offensive lineman as a grad transfer who has started, you know, game after game after game against good competition, solid competition. Um, I, I think you take it and then, uh, and then you work out how it's going to work out down the road. Um, and you, and you, at this point, I think they probably, the coaches probably have a better sense than we do about Cole Bentley and Cam to George, but do we, we thought Robbie Bell was not coming back and he came back. So nothing is certain until it's certain. And remember last year, Ian Pfeiffer, it was it was February before they knew that he was definitely coming back. And yeah, I, mean, I could see a job and <laughs> Yeah. I could see that with, with Cam. I could see Cam trying to because he doesn't have to technically enroll in school um as a grad trans you know, I mean as a graduate student, he is a grad student, so he could take classes, whatever, the way I understand it, and still be eligible. So he could go, you know, maybe do a pro day and work out and then and then decide to, to come back. I can't remember if that's what Pfeiffer is. That what Pfeiffer did last year? Did he work out at a pro? I can't remember if he worked out at a pro day or not. Well, but, I don't you, really you know, pro day or not. Yeah. he could, you know, I mean, Cam could do that and then and then and then, you know, decide to come back. And I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him do that. So um, I don't know. It'll be interesting. But what I know now is Brian Hudson is a very good addition to the offensive line. And I also know that um, that Robbie Bell is nice to have back uh, from a sheer standpoint of a guy who has started 30 games for you at the ACC level at several different positions. 
Um, he was the backup center this year, obviously got hurt and wasn't able to participate in the last game. So that's when everything kind of went into motion for Austin Collins to get, uh, you know, those snaps. So Louisville's going to have a lot of options and uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, everybody, we, we were talking on the boards and a lot of people were talking about all the numbers. I wouldn't be surprised if all those guys are, are, are still around after spring ball, or I, I guess I should say, I would be surprised if all of those guys are around after spring ball. I don't think it'll be like a mass exodus because they all love Ledford and, and they all know that, that, you know, he's one of the better offensive line coaches out there. Um, but there's certain guys that just haven't produced after a couple of years. And you just have to wonder um, when they're going to, uh, you know, when are they going to get on the field or when do they just go ahead and try to do something else? Um, so it'll be interesting that, that spring ball will sort that kind of stuff out, I think. And, and, uh, and uh, that's just where we're at with football. And uh, again, you just don't rush it on a quarterback now. No, uh, you know, like we've said multiple times, you know, as we as we've already seen with the portal, uh, guys have jumped in. I know some people have gotten excited about somebody, certain guys that have jumped into the portal. But as we've seen and as you pointed out, there's certain guys when they climb into the portal, pretty have a pretty good idea going in where they want to end up. And we've seen that already with a with a couple quarterbacks as well. Um, and and there's still more to come in. We've still got bowl season happening, and so there's there's still going to be some decisions on guys who want to, you know, jump into that portal or not. And and I think Louisville, uh, I, I, I think Scott Satterfield and Frank Ponce are happy with, with Malik Cunningham, and I don't think they're in a rush to, to just grab anybody. I think it's, like you said, like you said earlier, I think it's got to be the right fit, and once that guy does get in, then, uh, you know, they'll, they'll they'll make the, the needed efforts to try to pull him uh, to Louisville's way. But uh, uh, looking how to, I'm looking forward to seeing how it does wrap up as spring practice, you know, as, as, or first as the early enrollees arrive on campus and then as spring practice nears uh, later on in February. Yep. No doubt. It's almost, uh, it's almost here, Michael. Yeah. Um, it, it'll be here before it'll be here before we know it as uh, again, they'll be back on campus on, uh, on January the 11th. That's when those 10 newcomers, uh, plus Brian Hudson. So now 11 newcomers will get here uh, on July the 11th or January the 11th uh, for uh, the start of the semester and moving forward to spring ball. All right. Well, a lot going on. Keep clicking CardinalAuthority.com. This has been our regular weekly edition. Um, not anticipating any kind of recruiting news or anything like that, but you never know. And uh, again, there's still two spots left in this class. We'll do any kind of uh, special uh, commitment additions if we need to, as needed. Uh, but for now, he's Michael McCammon. I'm Jody Demling. This has been your weekly edition of the Cardscast. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.